Thank you to our worship team for leading us in glorifying God through song. Just fantastic to be able to do that. You ever feel like what we are in just won't ever stop? Like, you know, just the current situation, it's just not going to (laughs) end. Have you ever felt that yet? If you haven't yet, it's going to come. But how could lockdown ever be done is a question that I'm often thinking. We're kind of used to it now. Maybe it's just going to keep going forever and ever. I had a situation where I was playing this game called Pac-Man as a youth in my old church. And the game was pretty simple. You got ghosts who are chasing around you in the church. And you're, you're trying to run and dodge and make sure that you find the orbs to win the game and all this different stuff. But the ghosts, when they find you, are going to take you and tape you to stuff. So I would leave and I the room that I was in, and all of a sudden I'd have a chair taped to my back. Or one friend of mine had a table <laughs> taped to the back of his, to his back. The kicker with this game, though, was that it was in the dark. It was in the dark. Oftentimes when I was playing the game, I would be hoping for the game to end because it was dark and I didn't like the dark as a kid. I was kind of scared. I liked the game because it was so fun, but I had, tar- I had a hard time seeing that the end of the game was going to come. And you see, when it did, I was really excited <laughs> because I thought, okay, it's over. This last part, hoping the game would end, I know is how we feel about lockdown. Sometimes it's long, tiring, and it leads to burnout for a lot of us. Here we are in the month of February. We're almost a year into lockdown. We're almost 300 plus days. Thinking about that, there's just a weight that comes with how long we've been in lockdown. It's kind of a type of shock for me too. It's like, how did this happen? It's crazy because this is church for us now. This is church service. It just feels normal. It has been fantastic to be able to have service in this way. But it's just funny to me how it feels normal now. You know, I'm thinking, oh, Sunday morning, I'm going to pop over my laptop and and jump on the service. I notice that when I don't know how to feel about the lockdowns and everything that's going on, there are certain things that just resonate with me in a way that I could never come up with myself. Sometimes it might be a song you hear. I don't know if you feel about that, but sometimes it's a song you hear that just explains exactly how you're feeling. For me, it's movies. And for a lot of people I know at TOB that really love movies, I'm thinking there's movies that are resonating with us during this time that words can't really do justice to. Another thing that's helping me through this time is the reality that this season is so unique in that in this season, God is going to speak to you in ways that he will never speak to you really again because this is a unique situation that we find ourselves in. Believing that truth has been really helpful for me during this time. If you're new or you've been faithfully joining us week to week, we just finished up a series where we looked at the book of Philippians and we looked at the Apostle Paul and that he could receive forgiveness of sins through Jesus and he found so much joy in that even while he was in a jail cell. We talked a lot about money near the end, too, and our contentment with that. 
And we continue to learn and learn and learn and dive in over these 300 plus days because that's what we're called to do, to be good news where we find ourselves and continue on our journey with God. For some of you as well, I understand that, you know, maybe God isn't a part of your framework at all. Maybe he's just not part of your deal. And, and you might not even have thoughts for God or a framework for Jesus. And if that's you, I just want to say, we're going to be looking really closely at our path and our relation to God and Jesus himself. And so hang on, because that's where we're going. Now, at times for me as well this year, it's been really helpful to examine where I am in my relationship with God, where I am in my journey, the current path I'm on, the road I am walking, and picturing for myself what God might be saying because I'm on that path. At times, we need help thinking about where we are in our journey with Jesus. So I, and more importantly, Jesus, are going to help you do that. So for your youth or your kiddos, and even for ourselves, we're going to be doing something a little bit interactive here to look at where we are in our walk with Jesus, to feel something and to see something tangibly for ourselves, picturing Jesus and us in a story together. In other words, one of the things that this is going to help us do is see the needs we might have in this season. You see, it's easy to pass by and let sort of the monotony and the routine of our day-to-day lives just take over. And because of that, we don't step back and see the bigger picture or where we even are in our relationship to God. So this is something that we can do, and it's going to be a fun little activity. So the first thing I want you guys to do is open up your Bibles to Matthew 8, 1. And the Gospel of Matthew was really loved by the early church. That's why it's first in our Bible, our New Testament. It wasn't that it was first written. It was just cherished and loved by the early church. Mark was likely the first gospel written. It's short and to the point. And so we're in the gospel of Matthew 8, verse 1. So turn there. Then grab a pen, paper or journal or anything like that. And I want, what we're going to do is conceptualize where we are in this little story. You see, what we're going to do is put Jesus on the left side of the paper and this priest who is sort of the other player in the story here. We've got Jesus, we've got the the man with leprosy, and then the priest. And what we're going to do on your piece of paper, what I want you to do is on the left side of your page, put Jesus, and on the right side of the page, put the priest, and then leave some room in between. Now what we're going to do is read the story, and then we're going to place ourselves in the story. So grab your paper, your pen, and Matthew 8, 1 to 4, Jesus on the left, the priest on the right, and we're going to read. Here is Matthew 8, 1 to 4. When Jesus came down from the mountains, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest. And to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. A story of a leper, a man in need, an outcast to society, someone with no future, no hope at all. And Jesus, Jesus loving him, meeting him in that position, and then telling him to go to the priest as a symbol, as, a, as some reminder to the priest that, well, this Messiah is here because the, the sick are being healed, the blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing. 
he received healing. The interesting thing is how quick this story is, but this is gonna help us with a framework in our current situation we might find ourselves. So we have Jesus on the left side of your page, and then we have the priest, and the final destination, which is the priest, right? Here's what I want you to think about. Are you coming to realize you need help? Are you coming to realize you, like the leper, really have a problem and need Jesus to do something for you? You might have come to the realization over this lockdown period that you are going through something. Maybe God is bringing up something. You need God to touch you or heal you in a certain way. So if this is you, you need to put yourself on the page So put yourself a little stick figure beside Jesus with an arrow pointing to Jesus saying, I need an answer. I need help. I have a burden. I have leprosy. I have a problem that I need to actually give over to Jesus. With an arrow pointing towards Christ, you are coming to him with something you need healed, fixed, some burden. Maybe there's something that you have yet to bring up to God and you're afraid to ask. There could be a relationship that needs healing. Maybe you're so burnt out from this season, you don't even really know where to begin. You might just be tired of all this, or how could God make my situation better? There's a problem at work in your family, whatever it is. Who also, who knows what this man did before he reached Jesus? And that could be you. You're going to everything else and you're realizing as you see Jesus in this posture, in this beautiful story, I, like this man, need help. You could be in this stage, needing healing, coming to the realization you actually need help. You're recognizing your need to come to Jesus with this burden and hand it over to him. So that's what I want you to think in your heart. Am I that person? Do I need help right now? Is there something or has this got to give over to Jesus? If you don't have a framework for Jesus, this is a great place to start. This is his posture to those who bring burdens to him. So if something too big to carry, Jesus is saying, fantastic, I accept you. I embrace you. Thank you for bringing it to me. This could be anything. Again, this could be anything. It could be burnout. It could be pain. It could be sin. It could be questions. Maybe you don't even believe in God. There are so many things that might be pushing you away from God. Maybe you have questions about how could God exist? Is Jesus really a person? Did he really live? How did the universe start? There could be millions and millions of questions you have about your faith. But what I want you to see is Jesus's posture towards you, which is that he wants to take the burden. You see, that's the first place you could find yourself in. The second place is you've received the answer. You could be like the leper who's been turned and are going now to the priest to the final destination. You might see the light at the end of the tunnel. You might know what it is, what answer, what promise you've been given. You might now know the path you're supposed to walk on. Maybe you know the path. You might see the light. You might have received the healing. And now you're again, you're on this journey back to the priest, you've received this promise, and oh, how sweet those promises are that God gives us. See, this can be amazing, an amazing step in our journey towards God, but it can also be the place where we don't follow through. We don't end up where we ought to, and we don't end up seeing the testimony to fruition. So you could write on your page, you're going 
towards the final destination, or maybe you put yourself there on the right side and you're, you're pointing to the priest saying you've got your answer to the final destination. So here's the reality. I want you to not give up, to cherish that answer, to keep walking forward towards Jesus. Please keep going. I know for me, I'm getting married here in May, and I want it to be somewhat normal. I don't know what it's going to be, and I've had many moments of un- not being confused and wondering what's going on, and is this going to work? And, and God said to me, Blair, i got something for you this season. Just hold on to me. Just hold on to me. I've got something for you in this season. Just hold on to the fact that that's the truth, <laughs> that I've got something to teach you right now. Don't be so fixed and so worried about what's going to happen down the road but it's just an amazing realization that he's giving to, to me and I'm holding on to it. I'm saying, okay, God, you've given me this, this peace in my heart, this assurance that it's gonna be okay, that you love me and that you're holding on to me and that in this season you have something to actually teach me. Help me see it, help me get it. I don't wanna look to the other path. I wanna look to this path. We don't know about whether this guy gets to the priest or not to share the testimony of the path that he's walked. And so this could be you. God has given you promises. God has given you the path. And the only thing left to do is walk it out. But sometimes the road over there seems easier to switch over to. As I said before, the promise might be coming, but you might not want to wait. Here is where we see that wherever we are, God does not want us to give up or change the path that he's put us on. He wants to identify, help us identify where we are with this particular situation and hold on to the path that we're on. So this exercise, I just want you to think, are you, are you the one, do you need to go before Jesus and give him something? Is there something you've just got to give over? Like, you just know. Or are you now on the way to the priest? Identify where you are. And... Here's the reality that's so beautiful about Jesus, again, for this framework thing. Jesus doesn't turn us away. He doesn't look at you and condemn you. He's actually for you, loves you, wants you to bring this thing up and have him deal with it. This is the person we worship. This is the posture of Jesus. There's a few times where Jesus talks about his posture. I'm lowly and meek, and I want to meet you there. This is the person, this is the God we worship. Jesus, the God-man, we're glad to worship this king. This is his posture. A man who wants to know our pain because he went through it himself. So if you can't picture Jesus, this is for you. He wants to hear you. He wants you to give over your burdens to him. The process of showing your burden to Jesus must be done. Just must. So hold it over to Jesus. Hand it over. Don't hold it. Hand it over to Jesus he made you, he wants to see that thing, that burden, that difficulty. Now, again, sometimes we get this light at the end of the tunnel here, this priest, this destination to walk towards. And actually, the reality is, eventually, Jesus takes all of us and turns us on this path. Jesus takes all of us with our burdens and then directs us down a new path. He answers. He nudges us in our hearts. He provides a light. He takes our burden and says, here is the promise. Believe me and walk the path. But how can I keep going 
when the promise hasn't come yet or when we aren't there yet or the journey is longer than we thought or how could I keep, you know, for me, playing Pac-Man when the lights haven't gone back on yet because I'm scared of the dark. I can't stand this path even though the promise has been given to me because the promise seems so far away and the path seems so hard to continue to go down. How do we stay on track in all this? How do I follow that narrow path that Jesus gives me? Because we all eventually end up down this narrow path. We all do. Those of us who confess to Jesus and say, I need help. He turns us and directs us eventually down a path. His plan, his path, but it's hard to stay on it sometimes. How do you stay on the narrow road? How do I stay on this road? So one of the things that has been really big for me is studying the Israelites, the the chosen people of God. They had many adventures with God. They were called out of slavery into the promised land in one of their many adventures. They were saved many times by God. And in this story, they're, they're, they're slaves. They're in this position where they're working for another kingdom and not the kingdom that they want to be worked for. They're treated like dirt in order to advance this other pharaoh, this other king. One very different than that of God's. God brought them out, delivered them from the hands of the Pharaoh in order that they go to the promised land, a land God has prepared, a land God prepared for his people Israel. When the people of God arrived in the promised land, there were only a few Israelites who stayed true to the path, only a few who stayed true to what God had called them to. There's this fantastic little book I'm reading by A.W. Tozer called The Fire by Night and the Cloud by Day. And he does a great job at just highlighting how we can make sure we're staying on the right path. How can I make sure that I'm staying on the right path with God? Here's one of the things he says that I find really helpful. This was the purpose of God for Israel all along. He would bring them into the land to possess what he would promise them. He also says, one thing we need to comprehend is that God saves us out of to bring us into. God saved Israel out of Egypt in order to bring them into the promised land. I love this part. This pathway is littered with opposition and enemies and adversaries. But God has said that he would take care of us, lead us and guide us. Once we surrender ourselves to God and allow his wisdom to be our wisdom, we have nothing to fear. You see, this path you're on right now, the devil wants nothing more than for you to be shaken off of it. That's what he wants. He wants you to go the other way. It's going to be riddled with opposition and adversaries. The prince of the air, right? We don't, we don't fight flesh and blood. We fight the devil trying to knock us off this path we're going down. Abram, when he was 75, was called out of where he was and told to what God was promising him. So here's this thing I'm giving you. Go do it. Here's what it says in Genesis 12. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will give you. Love that little verse. The promised land. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever, you, uh, whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God is saying, go to Abram. Trust the promises I have given you. But to show me that you trust me, get going. You see, what Tozer is getting at here is that Abraham, the Israelites, the people, God's people, got saved from something into something new. 
At the core of this is God's heart for all of us. What oftentimes would take place, though, is they would forget. Or they would see the troubles they were going through and forget the promise. Or have the trouble, the obstacle, the battle become the dominant thing and the promise that was given at the beginning, they would stop believing it. If this is true, this path you're on, if you're experiencing any feeling of not wanting to go down this path, you're in good company. You're probably where you should be. It's littered with opposition, the path that God has for us. It's going to be absolutely filled with bouncing off rocks and hitting things and and screwing up and feeling like it's not coming to the end. But do you cherish that plan, that path that God has for you? Do you cherish it more than anything else? If you do, and I want you to, because I know it's going to keep you on it, cherish the path you're on. Know you're in good company. Know that all these other Israelites dealt with these kind of things. If you are being bumped from the path that God wants you to walk on, you are in good company. That's the reality, is when we are on the narrow path, it's going to feel really hard to stay on it. God's promise, his plan for your life is actually better for you than you can ever think or imagine. And it's also true that he can't lie. So if you're ever thinking that promise that he's given you, it's somehow out of sight and out of mind. He can't lie about those things that he's given us, the path that he's told us to go on. It's the path he wants us on. But you see, when we're in the the haze, it's really easy to get knocked off. But being knocked or hit doesn't mean or nullify the, the promise. It's going to be filled with challenges and pain along the way. You see, one of the things that I'm learning from reading the Old Testament is these men who come in covenant with God, logically, I just think their life gets a lot easier. Their life actually gets more challenging <laughs> after they come into covenant with God. It's like, how in the world? I did, that doesn't make sense to me. God actually says, Here's this plan I have for you. It's going to be to go in the world to make other people know me through you. And as you go, there are going to be some crazy situations that you're going to deal with. I'm just blown away by that reality. When you're on this path, it's going to feel like you are getting knocked and can't even see the promise. Just like the Israelites. That is the story of the Israelites. That's the story of your life. You are on a path, it's hard to stay on because it's hard to see the promise when you're getting smacked from every direction. But God does not want you to stop walking to the promise. Don't stop walking. I was in the shower a few weeks ago, and, and don't worry, I've been in the shower since then too, but in this particular moment, I, uh, I, I woke up and I said, okay, I gotta do a couple things here. I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. There's a promise that I am waiting for. And I knew it was coming that day. You ever just get that feeling in your heart? You say, oh, you know, here it is. Here's the answer that's coming. I knew it was going to come that day. So I woke up and I thought I'm receiving an answer today. I got up. I did my thing. I, I got some coffee going and I jumped in the shower. Now in the shower, I settled this matter. God, I trust you. Here's what I said. You better be right about that promise. You better be right about the sense you're giving me. You've been really crystal clear about the promise for this situation. You better tell the truth here. (laughs) It's 
See, I heard this voice and I could clearly hear this nudge, this, this thing in my heart pulling me down this path. Again, I woke up that morning thinking it was coming. And rather than disobeying it or half believing it, because I've been reading a ton about Abraham and how he kind of half believed the promise of his kids being multiplied and ended up kind of cheating God out of his side of the deal there. It works out in the end, but he takes matters into his own hands. And I learned from that. I'm not going to half and half this promise you've given me, God. And again, it didn't have anything to do with my son because I don't have a son. But I just thought I'm going to wholeheartedly believe this thing. So don't let me down, I said. I believe you because you can't lie. I trust your voice in my life. And, and here's the reality. The promise he makes, you can guarantee that the, the promises God makes are going to take place. That is just God's way. The promised land, that thing that he's giving you, the promise, this healing, you're now on the way to the priest. He isn't just going to pull the comforter out from you or pull the rug out from you on your way. But you see, for me, the road getting to this moment where the promise was coming was littered with battles, was littered with actually forgetting it and putting it away and saying, no, it's not true. And how could it be? Because things had gotten foggy and I'd been getting hit with this fact that it could be a lie. Maybe I wasn't hearing correctly. Maybe I wasn't hearing God correctly. You see, God had given me the promise. He had picked me up by my shoulder, spun me around, and put me on that path to the priest. But I had a really hard time walking with it all the way. But you see, God, has, God says, has, have faith. That's what he says, have faith. Believe me and then walk it out. So I had to have faith and say yes. I stood in the shower, I looked at the roof, I looked up, I guess, where I think God was going to be. I said, fine, you just better be right. You better hold your side of the bargain here. Because I'm holding mine. <laughs> I'm holding mine. I'm trying. I'm holding mine. It's kind of mad. I said, hey, you know, you handle it. And that might be what you need to do right now. Accept the promised place. Say it's better than you could ever think. And just lean into it. That act of obedience is so needed, but it comes from that continual process of believing the promise along the path. God understands your situation better than you could ever understand it, church. He does. So I'm asking him for him to speak to you about your promise, about your path. See, God answered me that afternoon, boom, right on my plate. It's been something on my heart for a long time, a long time. And I felt the weight of it that morning. I just said this entire time, God, you better not trick me. And I came to the realization that he can't because he got better plans than I do and he doesn't lie. He doesn't lie about the things he promises. I recognize some of you have had something placed on your heart, a struggle, a burden that you constantly are giving over and the path is hard to walk. I just want to say, please keep going. Please keep going. Because again, the path is going to be filled with opposition. And it's actually probably an indication that you're on the right path. It's not going to be easy. You and I both know that. I also believe that telling God of the pain we're going through on our path that we've been put on in life is actually a beautiful thing. If you're burnt out, if you're 
feeling like this road is too hard, telling him, like I did in the shower there, is a huge part and okay to do. See, many of us feel guilty for this kind of thing. Talk to a lot of people say, I feel guilty for this, the way I feel about this situation. Obviously, there's a right or wrong in there, but I think telling God how you feel is actually really, really good. See, this path that we're on, it's not going to be painless, and I think sometimes we think it is. And sometimes I think we get caught there. And here's the one thing I want to say about how you feel. I want you, with me, to turn to the Psalms. And in the Psalms, I want you to find the amazing truth of letting God know exactly how you feel about being put on this path. Psalms 13 is a fantastic psalm that I like to read because it's talking to me a little bit about where God is sometimes. Here's what David says. How long, Lord? How long? Like, just feel that. How long am I to walk on this path without, right? Will you forget me forever is his next thought. I mean, (laughs) how long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? How long will he win over me is what he's saying. Look on me and answer. Lord, my God, God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. See, that sounds to me like it's been tough. It's been hard. You can feel this. Where are you as I, as I walk? I'm walking here, but I don't even see you. It actually sounds like the psalmist David has concluded that he's losing. It's not a winning battle. It doesn't look like it. And he's admitting that. I'm not winning. Tell this to God as you're walking down the path that he set you on. Eventually, we all get on this path. We all get on this thing. If we come to know Jesus and say, forgive me of my sins. I got this burden. I'm giving it over to you. Now I'm walking on this path. We all end up here. You might even feel like you're admitting defeat. But how he ends this is so special. I will trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. So you at home, admit defeat in the situation. But rejoice and keep on walking. Keep walking down the path. That's what I was doing. I was going, man, this promise you've given me, God, I can't believe it. I can't even believe it, but I'm going to believe it. I feel like I'm losing, and you're good. This beautiful mix of emotions that I was going through reading these Psalms, coming to realize that actually telling God how I feel is perfect and exactly what he wants you to do. Psalms 13 is a beautiful psalm. There's many about being on the path. See, this path you're on is not wasted time. This lockdown is not wasted time, even though we all want it to end. See, we're in the fire right now, and the point is not to be burnt up, but to have it purify us so we can see God clearly and see our path more clearly. So, There's a point to all this pain. There's a point to the pain. There's a point to the path. It's ultimately to have a testimony at the end of it all to those who don't believe. 
It's ultimately to have a testimony to the priests who don't believe that Jesus could be the Messiah. Man, you walked the path and other people see it and go, whoa, that's crazy. Here's what I want you to think about, okay? God takes our burdens. These are our final thoughts here. God takes our burdens and eventually he puts us on a path. A path to a priest to have a testimony to the promised land. That's his posture to you. Give me your burden. See, when you're walking, expect adversaries. Expect them. Expect to feel like you can't even see the path anymore. Expect to see that you can't even see the promise anymore. Expect to get burnt out. Expect to be at your end and sing the, the, the psalms that just resonate. Tell God. Remember his character along the way. Remember his promise along the way. And, exa- and at the end, let God know exactly how you feel on the path you're on right now. Let God know exactly how you feel. And I would do it by reading the Psalms because David's saying, okay, here's all my situations I've been through. Read through those Psalms. See, if you've never met Jesus ever before today, this is his posture to you. Lowly, meek, and caring for your burden. He really wants you to give it over to him. He died for you. He give, he's given all of us who know him a clean slate. He said, you, my perfection that I lived here on earth is actually now yours. And you could never earn it. Something I've given to you. Because he loved us so. That's his message to you. And eventually he's going to turn you. He's going to walk you and he's going to say, hey, this is your path. Walk it and don't leave it. Stay on the narrow road because there's a testimony at the end that all the people in your life or sphere need to see. But don't expect the path that you're on to just be easier now that you know God. It will be riddled with opposition. We're learning that the opposition to the path I'm on is an indication that I'm following God. Now, stay on the narrow road. Stay following Jesus. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your posture to us, that it's about healing us and, and taking our sickness, our, maybe our sin, our problems, our issues, our leprosy, our whatever, and saying, hand it over. Hand it over. And then, Jesus, you do this fantastic thing and you say, get on the path which I've given to you. You say, get going. You say, the whole history of your tradition has been to take people out of a place and bring them to a promised land, a promise and a path. And like the Israelites, we know it's going to be full of opposition. It is going to be full of pain. The devil doesn't want us to walk this path. The devil doesn't want us to walk true. But you are telling us to just keep going. I know we can barely see the end, but it's coming. And for those people who have had a promise that's been given to them for years and years and nothing's happened to it, I pray that they would resonate with a Joseph who waited years and years and years to be elevated to the top finally. 
may they resonate with the people who have been in the Bible waiting on things to happen. Moses, waiting for the promised land. They would see that there are characters that resonate and understand that there is pain in life that's so hard to get, but they, they get it. Let this serve as an encouragement for us to keep walking on the narrow road. Lord, be with us and give us strength to keep going. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.